Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. And this is Charles here, guys. I am super excited to be back for yet another episode of the Roger Roger podcast. Woo! So happy to be doing another one of these best and the worst. You know, Derek, it's our second episode of best and the worst and it just so happens to be about the second star wars movie in terms of like chronological order of the story and that is attack of the clones episode two yeah yeah i feel like exactly right because this movie has the highest highs and maybe the lowest lows of the prequels so I have a feeling we're going to have a lot to talk about as we try and identify what those moments are. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're describing like the magic of the prequels. The <laughs> Yeah, the Oh, I'm sure many people have. We, you know, I enjoyed this movie. You know, you you roll your eyes at certain times, but there's so much excitement and and charm and style in these movies that I just can't help but enjoy the experience. So I'm excited to get into it. And yeah, go, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to get into yours? Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Oh. That's a great pick. Yeah. There's the explosion right at the beginning, which, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. No, yeah, you're right. And then there's, you know, there's Camino. there's the space battle after Camino. there's the droid factory, there's the sand pits in Geonosis, there's lightsaber fights with Count Dooku, and yeah, it's like, it, this movie is very ambitious in that way. It takes us to so many different worlds and settings, and there's so much fun action going on in every single one. And I think that's just the Star Wars magic, you know, being able to take you, what, yeah, when it works, being able to take you to different planets and places and, and keep you entertained the whole way. <laughs> Throughout the film, I guess I should say. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I 100% agree, and the ending of this movie is very strong. I there, There's so much anticipation leading up to these final moments of, like, this these epic lightsaber duels. Episode 1 kind of followed the same format. You had this big, awesome, spectacular lightsaber battle at the end of Episode 1. We get another one in Episode 2, and they're just fun. We got to see... Dooku, Yoda, and I guess Obi-Wan and Anakin. Yeah, exactly. And um, I guess I just have to do one of mine, my best right now, because it's it's encompassed in this. Uh, CGI Yoda is one of my bests. 
because this scene at the end of this movie, uh, this is first of all the first time Yoda's in CGI theatrically. Because in episode one he was a puppet, but in the in, in like Disney Plus and the re-releases and stuff, they did they they made him digital. So this is the first time we've seen him in CGI, and this is the first time we've seen him fight. Up until now, he was like a crotchety old man puppet, like hopping around, or he was just sitting down on a chair talking. This is the first time he's up, he's jumping around, he's flipping this way and that way. He's got a green lightsaber, he's catching lightning and throwing it back, and the pacing of this action, they build it up so well, he like... he puts down the cane he like shrugs off the robe like Dooku shoots a lightning bolt at him he throws it back he he like tries to throw some other force stuff at him he shrugs it off and then we get into it the saber battle and it's it's so much fun and it's an iconic Star Wars moment I just remember as a kid like watching that scene over and over and over being like I can't believe Yoda's fighting with a lightsaber you know it was it was awesome Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. DBZ fights, the Star Wars fights. Yeah, any. Oh yeah, and you probably downloaded a thousand viruses along with it. So who knows what the heck is was downloaded onto those old kitchen computers but worth it to get a blurry shot of of yoda and my gosh so much fun i mm. yeah Yeah, and this is, like, these prequel movies kind of kicked off those different fighting styles and forms and things, and I find that so fascinating, and there's so many great, like, YouTube channels out there that get into the different forms and which is better against others, and they go into, like, Yoda's lightsaber form is focused on, like, acrobatics and fast movements and things, and it it, it just makes sense because he's a smaller guy. You're, you think, how is this guy going to fight? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, how is he going to fight? Well, he's going to flip around force heavy i don't know it's just so fascinating so when you said just action sequences at large which i think is a great way to frame it were was there like a particular action scene i know you said like the dooku stuff at the end that's like your definitive ah yeah Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And we talked about uh those those Gen 1 clone troopers with their like fresh what the phase one right with their white armor you know it's like oh so good yeah I agree and then you get to see all these Jedi f dropping in and like Yoda's on a ship with stormtroopers giving orders from a ship like clone troopers right as they're as they're dropping in you're like whoa and then you know it's it's fun very sh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no, it's very fun. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Mm hmm. Okay, let's get into it.
Yeah, that first explosion. I would agree. Rewatching it recently in preparation for this episode and our movie discussion episode, um, I totally forgot that there was an explosion at the beginning. I mean, it kicks off this whole thing of like, oh, add it, like someone's trying to assassinate Padme. We need to protect her. Get her out of here. Get her a bodyguard. All of these things. Um, and I kind of get it, but the explosion just popped out of nowhere. And yeah, no, it's it, all I'm going to say is I think they just wanted to kill off that bodyguard character and... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's possible. It's possible. Uh, yeah, I mean, the the movie itself is like a bit too long, but I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, it's. Four hours? Are you sure? No way. Not even close. Half that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's long. So I can I can agree with you that some of the fat could be trimmed down. But I like that that one. And that's the one with um, C-3PO's there, right? And that's where he loses his... Gets disconnected from his body. Got it, got it. Well, that no, that makes sense, and it's it's true. The movie was a bit bloated at parts. I mean, they had a big budget. It was Star Wars. They're trying to do a whole lot of stuff, take you to a whole lot of places. So I'm not gonna fault the movie for being long, but I I think that's fair. There's some of these action sequences that are padding the time, keeping the excitement level up in between some of these plot devices that have to happen and i i get that i get that i did like the droid fight though um but uh, yeah the droid factory fight yeah the whole shenanigans on the conveyor belt and the assembly line and padme gets stuck in that bowl and anakin gets his hand stamped into a circuit you're like what is going on this is wild <laughs> and oh yeah i was gonna i was gonna make the exact same point you were just about to make about bad batch <laughs> Which, I don't know, we don't necessarily need to spoil Bad Batch in this, but a droid factory does pop up, and it's very reminiscent of of episode two. Right. Oh yeah, I, I that most recent Bad Batch episode is one of my favorites, and I just think it captures some of these quintessential prequel moments. Is why I like it so much. This movie set up so much of the ambiance of the of the Clone Wars TV show that I'm I I think this movie's incredible for that. Just the whole style and vibe of it permeated through seven seasons of Clone Wars, and now we're getting all of these new shows where you can tell that a lot of the creative force behind these new shows was inspired from the prequels and the Clone Wars, and we're seeing a lot more of that mythology woven in, and I think set pieces like this, action scenes like this, they may not have popped on screen at the movie theater, but it kicked off all of this lore and expanded universe that all these content creators were able to mine to make really great content, so... Um, it's the worst, but you know what? It's it's redeems itself. It returns on its investment with all the other like Clone War stuff that we get, and we go into Episode Three as well, which is a good movie too. So, yeah, no, that's that's well said. Um, I guess I'll throw in one of my um, worsts, and oh, go for it. 
Right. Yeah, oh yeah. Well said, well said. I agree completely. You, I mean, this movie has bottled some magic in it, certainly, but it also turned out some not so great things. I'm just going to get another one of my cons out of the way, one of my worsts, and I have to go with the big one right away. And that's, sorry guys, Padme and Anakin. I'm sorry. They're scenes together. The, this movie is not bad, right? There's only a few moments in Star Wars where you're watching and you're like, okay, this is objectively not good. And the scenes where Padme and Anakin are together and talking to each other are those scenes for me in this movie. You're like, wow, they really had no chemistry they did not fully understand what was going on in these scenes. And I think they're both great actors in their own rights. But in this movie, they just were not hitting it. And that's where the whole thing of I don't like sand comes up. And I forgot that that was the moment where they sealed, where Anakin seals the deal after that line. Like they decide they're going to kiss for the first time. Like that was the line. I was like, whoa, I don't remember that happening. But oh, so bizarre. And they're like rolling around <laughs> yeah exactly and they're rolling around in the grass and there's like a rhino chasing them and they're like having these weird debates and passing fruit across the table and stuff and you're like okay um i don't know how i feel about any of this i like the idea of them being together and i think they're both like have fit into the roles well but just in this movie they were not clicking and i feel like it just relied on them being together a huge part of this movie was to have them in love and together at the end of this movie and such a huge part of anakin's arc is the fact that he loved and lost padme so it's just a real bummer it's exactly the whole catalyst and it's yeah, yeah, it's just a huge bummer that this missed as much as it did. And I, I think that's the one of the biggest reasons why this movie wasn't as, you know, commercially successful from a box office standpoint as a lot of the, as every other Star Wars movie before it just smashed. And this was the first one that did not smash. <laughs> I mean, it did really well, but it did not top the charts for the year it came out. It was like second or third, which is crazy. I mean, it's going up against Lord of the Rings and and um, it was Two Towers and it was Chamber of Secrets. Um, so those are tough acts to follow, but still, you're Star Wars, man. I, I think some of these scenes, some of this dialogue between Padme and Anakin just fell flat and it detracted from the movie, unfortunately. <laughs> oh... That is a hot take. <laughs> I think so. I... Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go. Hayden Christensen. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, Black Swan, she was incredible. Uh, 500 Days of Sun. No, she's in um, the Garden State, right? Is that her? <laughs> Was Zach Braff? I think that's her. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. All, uh, just one enemy at a time. <laughs> But I believe she's like won an Academy Award for Black Swan, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, she's like a 
she's like a huge actress in her own right definitely deserved looking forward to thor love and thunder by the way which she will be starring in Yeah, yeah. Mhm. Mm mhm. Yeah, way better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny that's funny yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this this Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the script let let these two characters down a little bit in this movie because they had everything going for them. I think these actors are both very good, like we've said. The problem is, I think, when they were writing Anakin for this movie, they leaned too far into the angsty, arrogant side. And there's a lot of it that worked in this movie. Like, his arc in this movie was that he was overconfident and driven by emotion, and that's ultimately what um, caused him to get defeated by Count Dooku and arguably... started the clone wars when it could have been prevented if they took them together stuff like that so that is all very interesting but it's totally overshadowed by like oh, i hate sand of everyone's so mean to me uh, not just the men but the women and children too like all this stuff and you're like bro chill and i don't know he just like he hasn't like fallen into his look and his vibe yet i i think in revenge of the sith episode three hayden christensen really settles in on who anakin is and anakin's now at the point where he's older and uh, has a bit more agency and command and stuff like that and like that is like to me like quintessential anakin and it's the model that the clone war show used was that you know look and vibe and so much fun for that and it's just we didn't get that in this movie this movie he was working it out and it could have been an interesting exploration of like why the are the jedi suppressing my emotions so much that i'm not handling it and showing these warning signs of being angry and violent but it just yeah he did kill like all tribe of people but it it gets overshadowed by the weird dialogue and stuff like that so that's a great you know padme, padme and anakin i feel like that's really the only true worst that i have to say my other ones are kind of silly but this was the this was the one i had the biggest gripe on Yeah. Yeah. But it's like you said, the Clone Wars picked it up and ran with it. The 
it's yeah i i agree completely and then it's why we like the clone wars you know they they picked up and ran with it and and it's just it's just what it, it needed and it's not what we got in this so that's why it's one of the worst but i think we need to jump into some some bests here um we each did one already what do you got for me Attack of the Clones, I've seen two new memes for that are actually very funny. So we're still getting content from episode two. Wow, new crazy. memes? Yeah, I, at least one I've never seen. It's where it has um, Anakin. It's Anakin and Padme in the field, and they go. there's a little back and forth between oh, them. Oh, yeah, I, that meme is really hot right, right. now. So yeah. we're still getting stuff, and that, <laughs> that's hysterical. So I love that. Yeah. yeah, the memes in this are good. I said memes as a best for episode one. I didn't want to say it again for episode two, but oh right. man, there's so many great moments in these movies. Like, you know, not just the men, but the women and children too. We're even getting, like you said, they're in the field with that that hot, fresh meme and so many other great, great moments. And I think we need to roll into another best yeah. How you doing, Dirk? Are we ready to get into it? Hmm. So wait, we're not just talking about this, like the stage sets. We're talking about character design as well. The creative design, we can say. Okay. Okay. Hmm. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, Star Wars nail sound design more than any other movie franchise by a large margin. I just love the way these movies look and sound. And, you know, you nailed it. I think that's what makes Star Wars a movie-going experience. Right? It sounds great and it looks great. And this is no exception. They, we kind of hit some of these talking points in your action pieces like it's the same thing you you go to different worlds and see different characters you encounter a shapeshifter right at the beginning and you're going through a neo city and and then you're on uh, you're on camino and it's like a rainy gloomy place and you go inside and it's bright white and and clean and sterile and you're like what is this and the kaminoans are so different and then you oh yeah And, you know, Derek, if we're going to talk about character design, we've got to talk about Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan. This is that handsome Obi-Wan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, Kenobi's flow in this one is off the charts. So as far as character design goes, he's it's like fantastic. Yeah, we love Kenobi in this movie. He gets a lot of the best moments. And he's like, I'm in Camino right now. Apparently the Cypher Diaz commissioned a droid army. And they're like, what? Okay, I guess we'll take it. You know, yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. 
I thank you, thank you. <laughs> it's it's. I just have so much fun listening to Ian McGregor's Obi Wan, and you, he knows when to dial up like the cheese ball aspects of the character and when to rein it in. You know, he's he knows how to make it fun. And Star Wars is you're supposed to have fun sitting at the movie theater watching. You know, and I think Ian McGregor got that more than any other actor in this movie, and in such a pleasure to watch. Yeah, Christopher Lee, yeah, but he's like so, he's the villain character, so he's very fun. Yeah, he exactly, like that's his hallmark thing. He's he's very talented at that, and he was fantastic, but uh, Ian McGregor, he just has more screen time. He's able to walk the line. His character's a bit more complex. I, 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 give, he, I give him mad props. He did a phenomenal job in this movie, but that wasn't even the best we were talking about. I just, he's not on my list. He should have been now that I'm looking at my list, but... <laughs> Uh, I didn't I didn't I was just thinking of some more like iconic moments and things than I was thinking about someone that we I guess take for granted because he's in everything and he's always good but yeah Kenobi in this one really stands out so honorable mention for Kenobi oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Grievous isn't in this movie. <laughs> Grievous isn't in this movie. <laughs> mhm. Mm Oh, that's funny. Because <laughs> I was like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's a... <laughs> that sounds like a great moment, though. It's been years since I've seen season one of Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. it, it, it... I see, I see. Well, there we go. And... I guess I'm just going to go ahead and jump into one of my best now. We were talking about character design and characters, and the one character that I put in specifically under best besides CGI Yoda and that whole fight scene at the end is Jango Fett. This was a character that we were all... I, I think he sold a lot of tickets. People just wanted to see the origin story for Boba Fett. People wanted to see who this Jango Fett character was, how it all started. Maybe we'd get to learn more about Jango Fett, who we only get pieces of in the original trilogy. And it's this fascination for Jango Fett. And I think Jango Fett was a huge success and very popular. I love those scenes on Kamino that we talked about. And like some of the best, like, you know, it's totally stupid dialogue, but it's also super fun. Where it's like, oh, have you been to Coruscant lately? Maybe. <laughs> so it's like, I can't recall. And it's like, hmm, okay. And, you know, those kinds of scenes are fun. And he gets the drop on Kenobi and flies away on the Slave One. And he has Django with him. And Django's a little kid. And Django's like, hey, hey, hey. Oh, Boba. Yeah, he's got Boba. Boba's a little kid. And he's like, hey, hey, hey. We got him with the cannons. Yeah. So that all that is so much fun. And I think it's the success of that character and the exploration of Django that was the proof of concept for Mandalorian it's like look everyone likes Boba Fett always has like, everyone like Django Fett always had like let's dive more into these characters and I credit Django Fett with a lot of that I think stylistically like he was the new character like Count Dooku was new too but I mean this guy was in the center of the movie poster right He's, yeah, he's selling action figures. So, I mean, I, I, I think I would love to have a Christopher Lee Dooku action figure, but... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. I, I, I would love a action figure that has that smug look of superiority that Dooku has, which is another great meme. <laughs> but uh, Django Fett, love, love, love. And this is where one of my favorite Star Wars uh, memes comes from. The Yep. <laughs> That's Boba. <laughs> Where it's like, can I take any line from the prequels and turn it into a meme? Yep. <laughs> so, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. So, Django Fett. Django Fett's one of my best of this movie. 
Mm. Mm. I mean, even like those creatures that were in the sand pit, like attacking Padme, were in Bad Batch. And that's the only two times that they've existed. Like people are drawing, mining this movie for content because of how wide open it busted the lore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probably. Yeah. Lightsaber forms, like new characters, new backstories, like all of these things are, are woven into this movie. I agree. The lore in this is, like I just said, being mined for content on the regular today in 2021. Um, episode of Bad Batch just came out on Friday and it's like, oh my gosh, they deliberately pick stuff from Attack of the Clones to call back to, to pay the homage to, because it really sparked a lot of creativity and excitement around the lore of Star Wars. You know, this was the Clone Wars that was referenced in A New Hope, and we're seeing it now, and Jedi are leading clone troopers in battle at the end of this movie, and you're like, wow, the, the implications here are insane. And... Like you said in one of your other bests, they executed so well on the creative design of everything that even though maybe the scripts and the dialogue fell a little flat at times, it persevered. And now they're like celebrated and loved. And even these like shortcomings of dialogue are now celebrated as memes in modern day. So it's, this movie really didn't do any wrong in that sense. Like that's a great choice, the lore, because it's so true. Oh boy. Yeah. Like chambers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not a great set, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. I gotta say, I gotta say, one of my three worst is just Sifo DS. Yeah. Yeah. Be for that exact, to this day, I don't understand it and I don't get why more people weren't like trying to investigate this more, but it's like, what is like. A clone army just falls in your lap and you're going to drop the name of a guy no one's ever heard of before in the theater to millions of people on opening day and be like, oh, Sifo Diaz commissioned this army. And you're like, who is Sifo Diaz? What are we talking about? It's something I didn't even register as a kid when these movies came out. And now that I'm watching it again, I'm like, wow, that really doesn't make any sense. And not because it's uh, like... Plot-wise, it's not feasible or something. Because we don't know who Sifo Diaz is. We got none of this. Like, instead of giving us an explosion and a weird chase, why not maybe give us a little prequel and a prequel and show us some of this stuff? You know, like we we needed more. To me, it just did not feel justified. That's like, oh, here's a clone army. Oh, let's accept it. And now it's like a huge deal, and no one has investigated it at all. So to me, that always just kind of has bugged me. And maybe one day they'll dedicate a movie to exploring this commissioning of the clone army. But, I, dude, if. I've looked it up too, but I think they could go back. I mean, they made a whole movie based off of two seconds of A New Hope where they hand off the plans to the Death Star. So if they can make a movie about that, why can't they make a movie about the commissioning of the of the clone army? So I'm not saying they should, but they could. They have a, little, they have a lot to answer for, I think, for these scenes. I don't think that was fair to, to just say, oh, Sifo Diaz commissioned the army. And it, it's crazy. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, that's how I feel. I feel like no one else is as worked up about this as me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I know.
Yeah, I know. Did, did you have any more worsts or did you get through all yours? Oh, okay. Well, let's get these worsts out of the way then. I've got one more too. I want to end on the good stuff. Uh, so my two best were Django Fett and CGI Yoda. Um, and my two worst are Sypho DS and Padme and Anakin. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, this movie is very complicated in that way, but it makes it special. It's a, it's a unique movie in that way. Mm, yeah. Yeah, so let's, let's get these two worsts out of the way, because I have one, you have one. Let's crank them out. As a worst? What? Wow. You need to explain yourself. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was like Skywalker's suffering, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you're 100% right, and oh boy, lay it on us. Yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, at least investigate it. It's like, you know, what if? That, that does put some pieces together. Yeah, and he's created this huge conflict that is a more immediate issue anyway and stuff like that. So good. <laughs> he he's interesting. I do like him as a character quite a bit. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's not a nice guy. He's not friendly. He's not someone I would want to hang out with. Yeah. And you're touching on a lot of great points here. I'm going to jump in for just a second because we talked about this in our episode 1 discussion. We called it the Jedi menace and there's so much of this that could have been could have been um really interesting and that is what you're describing like yoda's not doing anything mace windu's ignoring all these leads it's like we could exactly making it worse we could have explored these things and that could have informed anakin's character instead of having him be this angsty annoying kid it's like let's watch a kid that we really like and think is charismatic and awesome get emotionally neglected and abused basically and then feel bad for him and resonate with him we did but it wasn't it wasn't framed right and it was like the dialogue wasn't right it made it seem like anakin was just like this weird angsty teenager when really there's this much more complicated thing about all these foundational flaws in the jedi order that are happening in this movie but the movies don't go there at all because the Jedi is supposed to be, you know, action heroes. And that's, yeah. And so I, 
yeah, they, they're fantastic action heroes, but it makes for a little more of a sterile movie. And then when you do have these moments that aren't explored or justified at all, they just happen, you're like, what, what's up with these Jedi? They're doing all this cool stuff and they're not investigating this stuff. And it's like, well, if you had made them be like, acknowledge it a little more, but be kind of selfish or not want to like shake up the political machinations of the Republic, like that would be interesting. You know, or if you're if you're continually telling Anakin to like, oh, bottle that up, man, <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, those are interesting things that we just did not get. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so much potential and... Yeah, I'm more just kind of disappointed in, like, how much potential there was in exploring those things that just didn't happen. So... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a lore thing. It's like, look, the the lore of this, like the the frame in which the story was being told, just assumed Jedi were good and are good. It's like we could have acknowledged that there were things that were not good about them a little more directly and dedicated a little more of that towards Anakin's characterization, and we just didn't. But I do love that it's there, and it is all there, and it makes for some great content outside of this of this movie but i think that's fair yeah i think that's yeah nowadays and i think it's fair to put that in here it's a little rough you're doing the jedi a little dirty because they are badass and cool but i see what you're saying i respect your choice i get it and i respect it <laughs> i'm gonna my last my, my last con is is super quick it's it's just it's dex guys Dex, the fry cook slash weapons expert. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about Dex. He's like, he's like oh, it's Kenobi. And he looks at the little dart and he's like hiking up his pants and he's all covered in grease. And he's like, oh, hey, we've seen these on Camino. It's like, oh, that planet that no one's been to and is erased from the archives. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what? I mean, he was some pretty... He is pretty good CGI, though, I gotta say. Like, they put a lot of work into Dex. Some of the best in the movie, but it's so weird. And Anakin's like, hey... Oh, no, not Anakin. Obi-Wan's like, hey, Dex, good to see you. And you're like, who is this? Like, what is happening? Just a really bizarre... And again, we talked about this movie's, like, over two and a half hours long. Like, maybe we could have trimmed the fat a little bit here. Uh, starting with Dex, I think, would be one of the first to go. But, yes... Like, who cares if we can't identify the dart? Just like, oh, this piece of the galaxy is missing. Maybe I'll go check it out. You know, like, something like that. Yeah, because Dex basically told him, go to Kamino and the, and the Outer Rim. And so Anakin's like, oh, the archives are incomplete. And then the librarian's like, then it doesn't exist. <laughs> and then Yoda's like, wonderful the mind of a child is. So, you see, so all that fun stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that scene I'm totally fine with. It's the deck stuff that, I mean, I kind of like decks now. It's kind of like a silly thing that happened that is now permanently fixed to Star Wars lore forever. But it's just like... (laughs) Yeah, but it's like, I don't understand it at all. Who goes from a weapons expert to a fry cook? I don't know. Very bizarre. But that's it for the cons. I'm going to get into my number one best. And this is, like, if I had to rank my best, this would have been number one. And I saved it for last. And it is the music, guys. The music, the soundtrack in this movie, it hits harder than episode one for whatever reason. And it is a shining force in, in this movie. It's, it takes this movie from like a 6 out of 10 or a 7 out of 10 to an 8 or a 9 out of 10. It, it, it bumps it way, way up. It makes this movie... It make, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not haters here. It, it bumps this movie up significantly in its aesthetic and it's the experience of watching it the two soundtrack pieces that i have to give shout outs to is across the stars which is the padme theme or like the the love theme between anakin and padme the, the one that goes da, 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 da. i think that's the first time we hear that song is this movie and it is such a strong theme. I mean, this is the guy, guys. I don't, I don't need to to build up John Williams at all. I mean, he needs no introduction. He's hit after hit after hit. And of course, he's got he's got um, Harry Potter and Star Wars coming out the same year. He's crushing it. But you'd think after doing like Jaws and Indiana Jones and the original trilogy that he was like done. But this across the stars thing is incredible and of course you smashed it with harry potter too but just that this love theme is incredible and then at the end of this movie the confrontation with count dooku and the finale where we get the across the stars motif and then we get the imperial march motif in there like what and it's playing the imperial march and showing these um gen one clones phase one clones and then it goes to the across the stars theme which then goes right into the main credits theme right so it's playing like and then and you're like wow that was crazy because anakin and padme get married in that last scene and you're like holy smokes like it leaves you like it the this music in those moments makes an emotional connection even if like anakin's hand is absolutely goofy and like r2d2's there and you're like okay whatever but the music hits so hard and like we're still recovering from hearing the imperial march for the first time since the original trilogy and we just saw clone troopers for the first time and it's like wow 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 and the music delivers across the whole movie and you think because it's like a the fourth movie uh the fifth movie in a series of movies that we'd be used to the soundtrack by now but john williams keeps it fresh and i love like this love theme this across the stars is one of my favorite themes motifs in all of star wars it's fantastic so beautiful piece gotta give it up for the music (laughs) thank you Duel of the Fates is fantastic. And then Anakin vs. Obi-Wan is phenomenal, too. Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little bit, but it leans into it. It's like, and you're like, whoa.
Yeah. Yeah, that secret wedding is kind of fun. I do enjoy it. And yeah. Yeah, that, that might have even been one of these on location things that they did. They did a few of those with Anakin and Padme. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this movie sounds incredible. And <laughs> each ship, each lightsaber, each creature, each each action piece, like even like the chase at the beginning, it's like, and it's like, wow, this is so much fun. And it's uh, it's a wild ride. It's two hours and 20 minutes of all over the place. Star Wars shenanigans. Yeah, it's a roller coaster. <laughs> so do you have one more best you made all your points fantastic uh, yeah we did kind of get two ears in at the beginning there yes yeah but we we said it all I think we yeah, we captured the spirit of uh, Attack of the Clones, I think. This one is a bit of a touchy subject for some people. I know, again, I, I, I'm a huge fan of Star Wars theory, so I'm just going to bring him up again. He has mentioned this movie as being his favorite of all the movies, which I find as to be a very hot take. But, um, you know, it's one of those movies that people have very... You know, we have friends that just absolutely hate this movie um i think it's a fun movie i like it i acknowledge that um there's a decent amount of shortcomings in this movie but it's like we've said to me it's like it's setting a precedent for so many incredible things in star wars that it, it, it's hard to hate on it for me and yeah it just builds up into episode three which is probably my favorite prequel movie it's so much fun in the lightsaber battles Anakin versus Obi-Wan oh my goodness I'm looking forward to watching that again it's been a while since I've seen that but that one's a oh yeah oh yeah I've got a this is where the fun begins right <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That's fair, actually. I agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, I think that people that are going to be listening to a, like, amateur-level Star Wars podcast are going to be all for it. So I think we're all speaking to like-minded individuals here. We all love Attack of the Clones. We all love the prequels. And I'm sure we will be watching Episode 3 very soon as we are going through the bad batch which we're having so much fun talking about that every tuesday so be on the lookout but until then derek i think we've done it all for today oh for certain for certain <laughs> no i mean i could do a whole hour just on all the music in the prequels but i, I will spare everybody I, I, i'll just hum all the songs guys You're, you'll love it yeah bye guys you'll, you'll hear the real thing real soon guys thanks so much for listening and
Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger.